8 to 10. It's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Well, good morning, one and all. 608 Tuesday morning. It's the 28th of December. I'm Rick Worthington, filling in for Mike Casper this week. If you want to get something done before the end of 2021, uh, I would say hurry. This is your fourth to the the last day. Yeah, well, before you go out, bundle up, because it's colder than all get out today. Um, Mm -hmm. If it were double... If it were double the number it is right now, it would still be freezing. Yeah. <laughs> it's not warm. I mean, it. our, our thermometer here says 19 outside, but I'm saying it's mm-hmm. a little bit colder than that. Uh, it certainly feels like it uh, with a little bit of wind that I saw this morning. I did have to uh, scrape the windshield a little bit. Had some ice and snow uh, on there today. So, you know, plan for that if you're getting up and uh, getting ready to head out the door today. Uh, also... Roads way better today than they were yesterday, but still none of my, you know, residential areas uh, were plowed. I don't think they really needed it too much. Uh, most of the snow that I saw on the on the roads around my house pretty much I don't know that I would say they completely melted off. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still pretty icy, but it's not like there's so much accumulation that you can't get around your subdivision but then there was a little bit of snow last night kind of on top of everything gonna make it a little more slick i had to leave a little early yesterday because i had a nine o'clock doctor's appointment across town Mm -hmm. and uh, we the the first thing i noticed when we were driving over there is that the only places they had really put down uh, any of the uh, substance you know that melts snow was in intersections you know, entire roads and stuff were not really done. They were just being driven on by cars, but they were pretty slippery. I did see uh, plows on the way home from the radio station yesterday mm-hmm. as well. Uh, they were pretty good about trying to clean up, uh, again, the major roadways. Uh, with all that in mind, all I'm telling you is, much like yesterday, you're going to want to plan ahead. You're going to want to slow down a little bit. You're going to want to give plenty of room between you and the car in front of you just in case you do hit an icy patch and are unable to come to a, a complete stop <laughs> the way you would normally do so. Now, and, uh, so be and, careful. And, and, and let, me, uh, let me say this, too. If you have a pickup truck and you do not have the back completely full of stuff, uh, the, the back end of your truck is going to be lighter than the front end. And so if you accelerate at a light or uh, you know, to try to stop uh, after going too fast, uh, it's going to fishtail on you. It's no fun. Yeah, how that happened? Because that happened a bunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yesterday, I know a lot of people that they put like bags of cement in the back of their pickup to try and mm-hmm. keep that from happening, so, or even bags of sand are, yeah. are a good idea because then if you get stuck, you can you know pour sand uh, onto the snow. Uh, it was a equally bad day to try and fly. Uh, there were tons of delays. I mean, everywhere there were delays. The big hubs especially, we, we told you kind of coming into the program that we expected to see more delays and or cancellations, and we did. Alaska Airlines pre- hit pretty hard. They said most of their flights in the Pacific Northwest, including Boise, they saw either delays or outright cancellations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, not a good day at the, at the airport. I personally, some... Chris, have uh, some family members that came in for Christmas, right. a few days before Christmas even, 
and they were going to go home the day after Christmas and said, well, I can't, I can't really get there because of where they were traveling. You know, roads between here and there were either right. closed or at a standstill. Right. So they, they're still trying to get in the car to go home, and hopefully today right. will be a, a better day. But, you know, I'm if they just, can stay I'm, ahead of the freeze and the, the, the rest of the snow that's coming in, they'll be all I'm, right. I'm just guessing, but did they have something between here and home called the Sierra Nevadas? Uh, not in this case, no. They oh, were headed okay. back to Colorado. This is Kristen's oh, wow. family. So The other direction. Okay. <laughs> now... <laughs> My uh, my niece was going to Boise State this semester, mm-hmm. and uh, she dropped her car off at my house so that she could fly home to be home for Christmas. Right. Uh, but she had to get out of her dorm, so her car is pretty much packed full of all her stuff, except for the things that we brought into the garage to keep from, you know, things that would be sensitive to the cold. And so the the car is still sitting there. And they had like 16 feet of snow drop over Donner Summit, and uh, so the, the you know the the joke last night was, hey, there was that one family that got stuck there, and they yeah, couldn't leave yeah, either. Yeah, yeah. You know the namesake family. <laughs> yeah. So no kidding. Yeah, Donner, now is not the time to try and travel that and was traverse the, old, the Sierra Nevada. That was the old Donner party joke. What's for dinner, Donner? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so a little morbid, but yeah, <laughs> I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see what else is going on today, Chris. Anything? Hmm. We actually know what uh, our uh, uh, damn near impossible question prize is going to be. We have a prize today. <laughs> we do, and uh, we have one retroactive for yesterday too. Okay. Uh, the, ge- the gentleman who won yesterday wins a fifty dollars gift certificate to Huck House Brunchette. Well, we'll take it. I like that. And and whoever wins today will get the same thing. Right on. So we'll have a damn near impossible question. We'll tell you about. Chris will be working on the question because mm-hmm. you know that's what he does. We will, we will present questions. that to you a little <laughs> bit later this uh, hour. Let's go ahead and jump into sports here at 614. We might as well get into it. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Fat Guys, sandwiches, soups. Oh, yeah, pretty good. Let's see, what is the soup of the day? Mr. Bob over there texted me this morning. Black bean soup mm. and bacon spicy tomato soup. Really? Today. That sounds that sounds interesting and good. It's yeah, like a, a BLT in a bowl with no L. Yeah. yeah. So uh, with cold temperatures about, you know, today a pretty good soup day once again. Go and check that out today at Fat Guys Fresh Deli, one of the best delis in Idaho. Our favorite, though, hands down. Monday night football last night. Did you get a chance to watch? A little bit, yeah. All right, former Notre Dame quarterback, rookie from the fourth round, Ian Book got his first ever start. For the Saints on Monday Night Football. And his first pass of the game. Third down and three. We're showing a lot of guys on the line. Kamara, the running back. Dolphins show uh, eight guys. Oh, six. It's, it's picked off. Wow. It's Needham. Needham down the sidelines. A pick six. Touchdown, Miami. Talk about the defense coming through. Forced him to throw it and faded him into a quick throw. Off the pressure, he got rid of it. Never saw Nick Needham break on that pass. It's not exactly how you'd like to start off your professional career. By the way, the call on WQAM, Nick Needham picked off Ian Book, returned to 28 yards for the touchdown. The Dolphins went on to a 7-0 lead in that first quarter, and they would never look back, beating New Orleans last night 20-3. to 
a good run here by the Miami Dolphins. The first team in NFL history to lose seven games in a season Mm -hmm. consecutively and win seven games in a row consecutively. They were were one and seven. They are now eight and seven. Isn't that something? How things can swing like that. After the game, head coach Brian Flores. You know, the preparation um, that's needed to, 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 you know, get results in this league, it's, there's a lot that goes into that. There's a lot of work, a lot of working together. Um, I think our, you know, George, Eric, uh, Danny, uh, Josh, you know, our, our coaching staff um, has done a nice job of putting together game plans and, and giving our guys a, a chance to have some success. You know, uh, the, the, the focus is to try to um, do, it, do, it, do it one more time. Dolphins are in the playoff hunt right now, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, head coach Brian Flores there. Uh, other things happening yesterday. Some big stuff for Boise State. They will not play in the bowl game on Friday. It has everything to do with the number of COVID cases at Boise State, uh, presumably with the team. Also, basketball tonight for Boise State as they open conference play against the Fresno State Bulldogs. So we have some other things to discuss today uh, in regards to sports. We'll do all of that coming up, though. Short break right now. KBOI News Time is 617. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 623 on KBOI. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today. News on the way here for you at the bottom of the hour. Uh, Of course, Chris Walton's always got his eye on some things that are happening. Today is National Pledge of Allegiance Day. It was on this day in uh, 1945, just a a few months after World War II ended, that Congress uh, officially adopted the Pledge of Allegiance. It was today. And and at that, uh, it was about 10 years before they added the words under God, but it was one nation indivisible with liberty and justice for all at that time, and it was. See, I didn't know that. I thought under, under God was originally in there. Mm-mm. That's different. No, it was seventy-six. Okay. It was seventy-six years ago today. Today is also National Short Film Day, and Box of Chocolates Day. We got uh, a big one of those for Box of Chocolate Day, Christmas. Of course, uh, it, of course, you would have that right after Christmas. I, I did. Should get it. be on Valentine's Day, but whatever. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. But uh, I didn't get the box of chocolates. Uh, somebody very close to me did. Uh, <laughs> it's also Call a Friend Day. Uh, hey, Rick, how you doing? Hi there. And uh, uh, it's Card Playing Day, which I know Casper uh, is probably doing somewhere right now. Now nah, there's a possibility of that. He's probably uh, in, he's probably in the middle of last night's poker game. He's a big fan, <laughs> as uh, as we well know. Uh, do you have a favorite card game? Do you do you play cards? Uh, yeah, I I, uh, I still like blackjack. I think, but I also, geez, I I used to play all sorts of things. Uh, you know, you know, that use cards like authors and go fish and and uh, you name it. I mean, we played uh, gin rummy a lot when I was a kid. Yeah, I play rummy a bit and uh, spades and hearts and all sorts of different games. Yeah, uh, used to uh, back in the day when I was still doing play by play, I would have to take the bus. You know several times a month with the team to go and, and play games, and so we would play rummy. Sometimes, you know, they wanted to do some gambling on the bus, and sometimes I would participate, and sometimes I wouldn't. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's it's one of the things that uh, 
I think is a skill you must have if you're going to be part of a traveling team and or live in Nevada in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> you ought to know how to play cards so that you can see how that thing works. You know that is that is a good idea. Yeah. Now, when I when I when I was a little kid, people would, you know, my parents would entertain another couple for the night or something. And invariably, they would end up playing Pinochle all evening. And to this day, I mean, I'm 56, and I still don't know how to play Pinochle. I have never learned. I have never even been invited to play Pinochle. But my uh, my folks used to invite people over, and it seemed like everybody knew how to play it. But that was like yeah. the late that was like yeah. the late 60s. Well, I'm all about it. There, I mean, you know, hanging out with the guys, playing some cards. Maybe a cigar comes out. You know, even better when you're on the you know on the back patio mm-hmm. and you got a nice warm spring or summer evening. Everybody, you know. everybody uh, describes their uh, ultimate leisure activity differently. Don't they? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very true. <laughs> I love this and I especially love it on the back patio. Yeah. So, okay. Card playing day. We'll, we'll <laughs> do all right with that. Mm-hmm. What else? Uh, about 10% of items sold at retail get returned after the holidays. Uh, a figure that rises to 18% for online sales. Last year, returns totaled $428 billion, and this year, that figure is expected to be even higher. Now, listen, this is interesting. Quietly, retailers have been working out policies of, a lot of the time, just telling consumers to keep the stuff that they wanted to return, because a return can cost 66% of the price of an item, two-thirds, making processing and liquidation annoying, and for lower margin items, a net loss for the retailer. Okay. So, uh, a survey has found that 75% of customers had been told at some point that they can just keep an item that they had been refunded for with items less than $20, making up 59% of those returns. Gotcha. Now, uh, I know that there are people right now who are thinking, hey, I, I can take advantage of that. <laughs> just buy a whole bunch of items and, and say, hey, I'm going to return these. And they say, no, 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 just keep them. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let's see it, it. We need to talk a little more about Boise State football. We will do so in sports coming up at 645. Uh, Boise State out of the bowl game picture for the second year in a row. And they were supposed to be playing in a game on Friday. So if you're not quite caught up with what's going on with Boise State football, you will not be seeing them now, on New Year's Eve, play Central I, Michigan in the Arizona Bowl. I, I do have a recommendation. If you already had tickets to go to Tucson, I would do it. Yeah, go anyway. Yeah. You'll enjoy it. Uh, we'll talk more about that coming up at 645. News on the way at the bottom of the hour. It's 628. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 641 now on KBOI. Uh, Chris, have you looked at some of the temperatures around the area today? Nothing uh, except Boise so far. What do we got? It's really cold. (laughs) What is it in Sun Valley, Nathaniel? One. One degree in Sun Valley. I see it's one. It's the same in in, uh, Twin Falls as it is in Boise. It's 16. Yeah, it's cold. Oh, yeah. In McCall, it's also one. Yeah, that's pretty cold. Sub-zero temperatures expected this week in some of those areas. Uh, In fact, Friday, the forecast calls for the temperature here in Boise. The low on Friday, 2 degrees Hmm. in Boise, which isn't 
isn't very common. A place, uh, a place you were a few weeks ago is 68 degrees right now at 3.41 in the morning. Yeah, Hawaii was nice. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, I I didn't wear a pair of shoes for nearly two weeks. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't wear a pair of pants. I had shorts for two weeks straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, didn't, I did wear a button shirt, but it was a Hawaiian print shirt. And, uh, yeah, I'm not going to lie. That was pretty nice. Did you flash the shaka? <laughs> a couple of times, yeah. Excellent. A couple of times. Uh, you know, the, the trip to Hawaii is uh, it's nice to take. I was I did miss being home. Mm-hmm. It was right around Thanksgiving when we were gone. And, I mean, we hadn't s- started reaching those, you know, crazy cold temperatures like we're going to see right. over the next couple of weeks. The thing, it's such a shock going from cold weather where you've got to wear a coat kind of weather, you know, where gloves may or may not be part of your uh, wardrobe that day. Right. To go into a place where it's just way, way, way too warm for what I have on right now. (laughs) You know, that was that was the shock of the day. So it was. So do we do we dress warm in the morning when we go to the airport or do we just dress comfortable and try and stuff a big winter coat into our backpack? How do we go about this? We opted know. for I've, somebody uh, dropping us off at the front door at the airport, see, that's good not idea. dressed too warm so that we could, you know, be comfortable when we finally got on the plane and didn't have to lug I, coats around. You know? in, in, in my life, I have been to Hawaii five times, and two of those times were in the dead of winter. And both of those times, I went to the airport dressed in uh, shorts, sandals, and a Hawaiian shirt. Atta boy! Because I was in the mood. Right, right. I got. Which islands have you visited? Uh, the Big Island a couple of times, and uh, Oahu a couple of times, and Kauai once. I've never been to Maui. Okay, we did Kauai for five days, mm-hmm. and then did Maui for about five days. Kauai is probably the most. Uh, vegetated place i've ever been as far as just every you know every inch of it is green yeah we um we did an atv tour it was one of those excursions that Mm -hmm. everybody should have an opportunity (laughs) um and part of the atv tour was we toured one of those areas that they filmed jurassic park right you know where they're they're running with the dinosaurs through Mm -hmm. the meadow that that scene was filmed there there was a scene that was filmed in uh, Indiana Jones. There was there's like eight or nine films that were all kind of in different spots of this one area mm-hmm. of Kauai, and it's because they, it's uh, rainforest and it looks th- great. They used to be able to show you the resort uh, that was at the end of Blue Hawaii, the Elvis movie, but uh, in a hurricane uh, several years ago, it kind of uh, well blew over. Right. Yeah. You know the other thing about filming in Kauai that I found out. They film so much there because not only does the rainforest look convincing for other spots of the world, right. it's also a lot safer. You know, you haven't got panthers running around and super venomous snakes all over the darn place. You, and, you make you make a fantastic point yeah. there. So, I mean, the, the roughest we saw were the masses of chickens that were all over the mm-hmm. darn island. Yeah, occasionally you get a, an angry rooster, but apart from that, no, it's, it's pretty Nathaniel's easy. looking at me like, chickens? Yeah, oh, yeah. wild chickens, chickens everywhere. Chickens are everywhere in Hawaii. Here's the tip of the day for Kauai. 
if you're going to go enjoy yourself in Kauai, bring your plugs or you won't last past sunrise. You'll be awake and the roosters will make sure because they're <laughs> everywhere. It's like roosters crowing from every corner of that damn island, making sure you're, you're awake. If you're wondering if the phrase cock-a-doodle-doo translates yeah. into Hawaiian, it, it does. It does. It definitely does. It yeah. does. So keep that in mind. All the same. Time for sports. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian. Fat Guys serving uh, two great soups. Do you remember what they were? It was uh, tomato bacon was one of them. That's tomato a, bacon. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I st- actually, I'm I keep thinking again. about how close to a BLT that is. Uh, let's see. What is it? it? Is tomato bacon and black bean. Mm, right. Another one yeah. I love. Okay. Uh, Boise State football will not play in a bowl game for the second year in a row. The Broncos qualified for the bowl game for their 24th straight season. They were set to face Central Michigan in the Arizona Bowl on Friday, but... Yesterday, they were forced to pull out of the game after a spike in COVID-19 cases at Boise State. Was it just among students at Boise State, or was it the football team? They didn't specify. Boise State did say, though, in a statement yesterday afternoon that they had shut down all team activities as a result of COVID-19 protocols, ending the Broncos' season. Also, statement from Boise Athletic Director Jeremiah Dickey saying that We feel for the young men in our program who are very much looking forward to closing out their seasons and for some, their football careers. I would personally like to thank uh, the team of the Arizona Bowl for putting together a first-class student-athlete and fan experience that they were extremely disappointed to miss. Boise State opted out of playing in the bowl game last year as well after navigating a season that was shortened because of COVID-19 as well as losing their head coach, Brian Harson and having not yet named a new head coach, which turned out to be Andy Avalos. So two years in a row, Boise State not playing in a bowl game despite qualifying for a bowl game. And then what was the problem before that? We had the bowl game that got canceled because of lightning or the tornado that was coming in. Yeah, it was in that was in Texas, correct? I mean, people are feeling like Boise State has been jinxed on bowl games right now. I don't feel <laughs> that way. I personally I wouldn't play in the bowl game either, but only because I think most bowl games are pretty wordless. That's just exhibition well, football. Yeah, a, a lot of them are just uh, an opportunity to watch football and, and nothing else. And I like football, but uh, in this case, yeah, I think it's probably best Boise State pulled out. Anyway, KBOI News Time, 648. Day from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. It's time for the KBOI Medical Moment, brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho, featuring Dr. Jim Polo. Dr. Polo, good morning. Good morning. Doctors, we approach the end of our second year of the COVID-19 pandemic. We still seem to be learning more about what the whole experience has done to us. What is the latest you have for us? Oh, yeah, we're starting the third year, which is really miserable for all of us. But as it turns out, our routines have really been messed up in such a way that it's contributing uh, to high blood pressure in a lot of people, particularly those folks in that middle age category that still are working. Do we have a sense of what it is about the pandemic that's caused the problem? Oh, yes. Yes, we do. 
So, you know, think about it. With the pandemic, we've been confined to home uh, in many circumstances, even during work time. And so a lot of people have decreased the ability to, you know, get out and exercise, particularly if the gyms have been closed. And if you're working from home, the refrigerator is just a few feet away. So, you know, the temptation to eat and eat extra is there. And, of course, the stress of all the uncertainty, all of this has come together to kind of increase uh, bad habits that have led to, you know, bad dietary uh, consumption and increased stress, increased weight, and consequently, high blood pressure. So what's the answer? Do we just have to wait until a pandemic is over, if it ever does get over? Well, that's a great question. I wish it was going to get over, but, you know, these days you never know when when it's going to be totally over, but it's too important to wait until it's over. So, you know, the importance of, of taking care of yourself is really important so that you can avoid heart attacks or heart failure. So try to exercise as much as possible. Get out and about as much as you can. Eat nutritiously. Cut back on salt. Don't eat sugars and avoid those refined uh, processed foods. Finally, this morning, a lot of people across the Treasure Valley and beyond have big plans for ringing in the new year, many with uh, a glass or a mug or a can of their favorite adult beverage. A new study you've found has a timely message for folks to bear in mind as they kick off their celebrations. Now, I'm guessing it has something to do with driving. <laughs> well, you know, we talk about this every year, and and unfortunately, every year we do have a couple of uh, bad incidences, but the the important thing here is that it's going to be critical that folks remember that, you know, during the holiday season, if you've been drinking, you have to be very careful about driving. And the temptation to grab your keys and get behind the wheel after you've been drinking is, is always a decision that you have to be very careful about making. So what does this new study show? Well, surprisingly, what the new study really kind of emphasized that was most important is that one out of every two people that actually drink, they underestimate uh, just how much it's affected them. They underestimate whether they're impaired, and they, and they certainly underestimate if they're going to be uh, uh, potentially having difficulties driving. And so people will not really realize the consequences that can happen uh, on the road if they're in a motor vehicle accident and they've been driving. So the message is really pretty clear. Use your judgment, drink responsibly, but let somebody else drive. Either get one of those services where they can pick you up, or have a friend or family member that hasn't been drinking, let them drive and take you home. Well, that is the KBOI Medical Moment brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho. Dr. Jim Polo, thank you for joining us this morning on KBOI. My pleasure. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Now it's 7-Eleven. Roll the dice. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. It's my That's anniversary right. also, by the way, 7 Oh, congratulations. It's easy to uh, you know remember that way. Exactly. Mike Casper is off today. I'm Rick Worthington filling in uh, with apologies. Uh, Chris Walton, as always, is here. Mm-hmm. How are you doing this morning, I, uh, buddy? Are you not, good? Not bad. Yeah, I should probably let people know what the uh, damn near impossible uh, trivia question is for today. And uh, we're going to ask you in about an hour, maybe an hour and uh, eight minutes or something like that. Uh, so don't call right now. But when you do call, call 208-336-3700. And you could win a $50 gift certificate to Huck House Brunchette. 
The uh, whole thing is brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty in Boise, Caldwell, Fruitland, Parma, and Ontario, here to promote you worldwide, a local company with a global network. Now, here's the question. Here's the question. And it is sports-related today. 51 years ago today, after throwing a 50-yard touchdown pass to Drew Pearson to beat the Minnesota Vikings and send the Dallas Cowboys to the Super Bowl, Roger Staubach, the quarterback, during an interview, coined a new football term we still use today. What was that new term? And your hint is he was describing that final play. Okay. I got it. I'm not going to say it. Okay. I got it. I'm not going to say it. It's only because you're asking sports trivia today. Okay, when you do right. sports trivia, I do pretty well. Yes, you if do. If you'd have asked, a, you know, like a math equation, I'd have been in big trouble. <laughs> so would have I, because yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have known what I was talking about. Yeah, well, yeah, I try not to do math in the program if I can, you know, keep from doing it today. The only numbers I'm going to give you has everything to do with weather, uh, with more cold temperatures uh, today and further into the forecast. Uh, look today for all the good it's worth, it's going to be icy, but today's a pretty good travel day. If you're wanting to stay out of, out of weather, I mean, snow, in other words, if you're trying to stay away from snow today might be the day to get wherever you're headed. Uh, we have more snow possibly in the forecast for Wednesday and Thursday, and then your next window is sometime around New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. Um, but again, cold temperatures through all of those times. Uh, I have family as well that's trying to get back to Colorado. And a family member who's trying to get here from California and uh, go over the Sierra Nevada. Yeah. And yeah it, if you're going to travel today, might be a good day to do it. But it's still going to be very icy out. So be careful, folks. KBOI News Time is 7.15. It is time for sports. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli, where they are continuing to make some of the best soup you will ever try in your entire life. Uh, if you stop by and have a bowl of soup, you're going to see Bob there. Give Bob a bad time because my kid won the Fat Guys Little League Fantasy Football Group. Is that right? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, little worth one and uh i know that he's going to get a prize which includes a fat guy sandwich and he's pretty excited (laughs) as would i be i I, i'm close to something myself but uh uh, it remains to be seen yeah you gotta win one more week chris and i'll give you an attaboy if you win all right and then we'll talk prizes anyway uh let's let's talk a little football here i mentioned to you about the arizona bowl we now know that nobody is playing in the Arizona Bowl. Gotcha. It was thought that uh, Washington State might be the replacement for Boise State. So Central Michigan will now play Washington State in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl on Friday, a move that allows both teams to play in a bowl game. Uh, Both teams lost uh, opponents to COVID-19 issues. Miami withdrew from the Sun Bowl on Sunday sending the bull scrambling for an opponent for the Cougars. That spot was filled by the Chippewas after their scheduled opponent, Boise State, withdrew from the Barstool Arizona Bowl on Monday. The bowl games and respective conferences worked out an arrangement for the Sun Bowl to move forward with the game, while the Arizona Bowl became the fourth bowl game to be canceled for COVID-19 reasons. Now, this is ironic because... 
Yesterday, you remember in news, we were talking about the idea that, hey, we don't want to panic anybody, but there's been a bunch of bowl games canceled. There was no hint that Boise State would be withdrawing later in the day, but, I mean, we didn't exactly call Boise State dropping off the bowl game picture, but, uh, man, things just work out weird. Yeah. There's also... It's too bad, you know. We haven't talked much about the idea that the Barstool Sports was not particularly on the up and up. There was a lot of disparaging comments made about women on the website. Some people had said, you know, you have to try and boycott Barstool Sports altogether because of how they treat women or the way they talk about women. So maybe it's just, you know, better for everybody that Boise State isn't having to be a part of this right now. Although football fans will say, they're just the sponsor. Don't worry about that. All we really want to do is watch football. Well, you couldn't watch it. Dang game was not going to be on TV even. So you would have had to go on online to watch the stupid bowl game. So as, as, as we said last hour, uh, if you already have your, your tickets to Tucson, uh, it still might be a great idea to yeah. go because we're going to have single-digit temperatures in uh, the Treasure Valley, and Tucson isn't. Right. So, Boise State is out of the Arizona Bowl. Now there is no Arizona Bowl with Central Michigan moving on to play Washington State in the Sun Bowl on Friday. KBOI News Time is 717. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI. 722 on KBOI. Nathaniel's over here telling jokes, so it gives me great pleasure to move away from that to talk with Jeremiah Bates today in Tree City. How you doing? Doing well. Doing. It is, he it's told you a to joke that was bad. He told another one <laughs> off air that was equally bad. And I don't mean dirty. I just mean like I wish I'd never heard that joke. Yeah, you know, does does it make my morning better? <laughs> maybe, maybe not. But Nathaniel, keep them coming. You'll get keep, there, my keep friend. Keep rolling, Nathaniel. Just. Not while I'm in earshot. All right, so, Jeremiah, what are we talking about today, we, my man? We digress. We're talking about all-time highs hit again yesterday in the market. So there's some interesting statistics that I was looking at. So there's six um, S&P 500 hits all-time highs 69 times this year in 2021. That's the second most ever. The only other time it was 1995 when we saw 77 all-time highs. So you may have heard me say this before, the Santa rally. Um around this time in December. Well, this is the best start to the Santa rally that we've seen in 21 years. So looking at yesterday, the next preceding seven days have always been higher. So there's been a six out of six out of six times where there's been an average return going into the end of the year of 3.6%. So Meaning there's a lot of uncertainty. Brian, Brian Wiley and I were covering for Nate's show. When we're, the conversation was a lot around the Omicron variant, COVID-19. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it here to stay? And kind of the resounding <laughs> kind of thesis that we came with is, is yes. And what is the policy, policy response going to be? 
And the market is kind of one scope to look at how, you know, how Wall Street and how investors are viewing this. And reality is they're kind of looking past it. Now, it doesn't mean that the market's not going to be spooked. I mean, it is one indicator in that Wall Street is easier to spook these days when it comes to bad news around the, uh, around COVID-19 and these different variants that hit. But for right now, specifically with Omicron, even though we're seeing just an insane amount of cases, particularly New York, East Coast, these high-density areas, the market's really not missing a beat. So it kind of gives you an indication that even though what we're seeing, the narrative that's being put out there by a lot of um, news headlines and things like that, corporations still look good. There's healthy balance sheets. People still have money to spend. There's still a lot of cash on the sideline. And historically speaking, looking at these numbers, it generally bodes well going into the new year, meaning equities and stocks usually perform well. That momentum continues, especially going into the first quarter. So it's going to be interesting to see. All right, Chris, any questions for Jeremiah today? Well, I was just going to uh, say, what, what do you think the big moment of the year was for the stock market? Well, I mean, corporate earnings was a huge one. I mean, when you looked at the earnings that just kept coming through and through, just beating expectations, that was a big one. And seeing a bit of the labor market recovery, the underlying economy, you know, I don't think it was one, just one moment. I think it was just, a, you look at it as an aggregate, those performance that kept coming in just... <laughs> and int low interest rates. In my opinion, I think the biggest one is low interest rates. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. <laughs> All right, Jeremiah, thanks for your time this morning. I want to uh, give you a little homework, though. If I had $1,000 to invest, what am I putting it into so that we all don't have to work in the coming year? You just right. think on that for a little while. I'll ponder on we'll it. Marinate a little bit, and we'll get back to it maybe tomorrow. Even. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate thanks, it. Gents. We'll talk soon. Jeremiah Bates. There he goes. All right. 726 News is on the way. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 742 now on KBOI. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today and uh, through this week as well. By the way, uh, we're still not here on Friday, as I understand. Mm -hmm. Now, Originally, and we could talk about this in sports a little bit, uh, we had planned on bringing you the Arizona Bowl. And the pregame started at 7 a.m. Right. And therefore, morning show, non-existent. Mm -hmm. However, as we are now learning, uh, the New Year's Eve is also a holiday here for our radio station. So the, we weren't intending to have a show at all anyway. So, Nathaniel, this might be good for you to know. We don't have to do a show on Friday. <laughs> My uh, guess is that uh, on Friday there will be some programming that looks back at the year 2021. That would be my guess. It's a solid guess. I don't know yeah. what the program plan is because my name isn't Nate Shellman. However, <laughs> I can tell you that, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a pretty good chance of what you just said happening there. In any case, uh, we are getting extremely close to the new year uh, with 2021 just about over there's all kinds of looking back at the year that was i know that we do that at the bottom of the hour with news we have over the last couple of weeks you know looked at things from you know the judicial system to what's happening in entertainment and sports and then of course some very newsworthy items as well um uh, we will continue to do that through uh 2021 as we get to the new year at least this week we'll do it but you probably won't hear any of that once we get into the new year 
Uh, Chris, I was looking at a story this morning about U.S. home prices surging again. Mm-hmm. Uh, home prices here in Boise, as we know, have just whew, been going up and up, well, one, and, one up of the, and up. One of the networks yesterday declared Boise, Idaho as the uh, most unfriendly city for homeowners uh, in the entire United States, in, in, in the toughest or the most expensive on homeowners. Well, I know that uh, for homeowners, it's become the most overpriced area in America for homes. Uh, and I guess that has everything to do with inflation, yeah. as well as you know not having enough homes to uh, you know take care of everybody which is why prices continue to go up. Uh, looking at a story today, the S&P CoreLogic K-Shiller 20-City Home Price Index, which is just out this morning, climbed 18.4% in October from last year. The gain marked a slight uh, deceleration from the 19.1 year-over-year increase in September, but was still you know, looking really, yeah. really good. All 20 cities posted double-digit annual gains. Hottest markets were Phoenix, which is up 32%, Tampa, up 28%, Miami, up 25%, Minneapolis, Chicago, also posting uh, double-digit gains. (laughs) But clearly not exclusively warm places. No, no, clearly not. But, uh, I mean, here what we are continuing to see is people wanting to live the American dream and owning their own home and having to pay like crazy in order to do it, which is, I I don't know. I guess it's not surprising. The first time I bought a home, it didn't work out so well. It was just before the market absolutely tanked, and I lost a bunch of money on it. Mm-hmm. That happens. Yeah. All right. My, my timing has been bad with a few things over the years, too. <laughs> gotcha. Time for a look at sports. It's brought to you by Fat Guys, Fresh Deli, and Meridian. They are the best deli in all of Idaho, according to MSN. Go check them out today uh, over there by Mountain View High School. You will not go away disappointed. First and foremost, Boise State men's basketball opening up Mountain West play tonight as they host Fresno State. Both the Broncos and Bulldogs have been great defensively this season. Both teams are allowing less than 60 points a game. Boise State has won six games in a row and enters the game with Fresno State 9-4. and four. Coach Leon Rice is pleased with the way his team is playing. Well, I like that we can win in a variety of ways. First, it was our defense and our offense got better, and, and now we can kind of whatever the game dictates, which, you know, different nights it's gonna, you're going to have different things, and we, we have different ways to win a game, and we have confidence. The biggest thing is we have confidence in that. Fresno State is 10-3 and three in the non-conference season, and they're led by 7-foot center Orlando Robinson, who averages 19 points and 8 rebounds a game. Airtime tonight is at 6.30. Bob Beeler, 6.70, KBOI. We had told you before about Mountain West bowl game play. Up to yesterday was undefeated in bowl game play. Yesterday, though, Nevada broke that streak, losing to Western Michigan 52-24 to in the Quick Lane Bowl. Uh, there are several bowl games today starting early. At 10 a.m. today, you'll be able to see Coach Brian Harson and his Auburn Tigers take on the 20th-ranked uh, Houston Ball Club. The Serve Pro First Responders Bowl features Air Force versus Louisville. The AutoZone Liberty Bowl will take place today between Mississippi State and Texas Tech. 
Oh, let's see. We have two others. Uh, San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl, UCLA mm-hmm. versus NC State. And then the late game at about 8.15 tonight, they'll start. It's the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. West Virginia takes on Minnesota. So if you're looking be... for some football, you won't have to look very far to find it. But they won't be, you know, there won't be anything on the line for these games. You're going to find that the, uh, you know, the BCS games are still few days away yeah i uh was waiting to see if they were going to cancel the guaranteed rate bowl it just seems weird to cancel something with the word guaranteed guaranteed yeah <laughs> kboi news time is seven forty-seven. listen to kboi online go to kboi.com and click the listen live button now back to mike casper and chris walton this is casper and chris live and local on news talk kboi 7.53 now on KBOI. Again, Mike Casper is out this week. I'm Rick Worthington along with Chris Walton. U.S. flu season has arrived on schedule after taking a year off. Flu hospitalizations are rising and two child deaths have been reported. By the way, this is not an Idaho central report. This is a, an overall but uh, this we country. Did, we did, uh, I guess, yesterday or this week anyway, have the first... Uh, flu death in Idaho of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm and sorry, a drinking man, coffee while I'm talking here. But yes, that is in, true. In, um, in Gooding County. So, last year, the flu season was the lowest on record, and more than likely because of COVID-19 measures. You had school closures, you had distancing, you had masking, and a lot of people canceled their travel plans, and it prevented the spread of the flu, or because the coronavirus somehow pushed aside other viruses mm-hmm. i mean we, we don't we may never know the real answer to that question well, and 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 just about every week somebody uh mentions that they think that uh, there were just cases of the flu that were yeah. diagnosed as, right. as covid but well during last year's unusually light flu season one child died of the flu in contrast 199 children died from flu the year before that two years ago and 144 the year before that. Wow. The newest data from ABC News shares with us the most intense flu activity was in the nation's capital of Washington, D.C., and the number of states with high flu activity rose from 3 to 7. In CDC figures released uh, just yesterday on Monday, states with high flu activity, New Mexico, Kansas, Indiana, New Jersey, Tennessee, Georgia, and North Dakota. So again, Idaho not named on this list with a lot of flu activity. Again, I, I was about to say it's uh, you know places with dense population, and then all of a sudden you added North Dakota. Yeah, right. Nope, not so much. Not so much over there. Uh, the type of virus circulating this year tends to cause a large amount of severe disease, especially in the elderly and very young. Now we're talking about flu right now not coronavirus. Last year's break from the flu made it quite a bit more challenging to plan for this year's flu vaccine. Doctors say so far it looks like what's circulating is a slightly different subgroup from what the vaccine targets, but it's really too early to know. Um, So if you have a flu shot already this year, it may or may not protect you very much from uh, what they thought was coming this year yeah. based on their not having an idea because of how light last year's was. Does that make sense? It does. 
Okay. So there are some early signs that fewer people are getting flu shots compared with last year. With hospitalizations already stretched by COVID, it's important that people get a flu shot, they say, and take as many precautions as possible so we don't see another blow-up in flu cases as well as Omicron variant COVID-19, which is, you know, I, I think what people that work in hospitals right now are really, really afraid. Here in Idaho now I'm talking. They're afraid that... After the holidays, we're going to see a huge spike in Omicron cases. And we're going to get some flu cases as well because we didn't see many last year. Hmm. And it's going to start to overwhelm hospitals again. And we could go back to crisis standards of care or things along that. that. So Great, great news there. <laughs> All right. Short break. We'll come back. We've got news on the way. KBUI News Time is 7.57. Live home, live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. We've got one minute before news here on KBOI. Just enough time to remind you a damn near impossible question is coming up and that we actually have a prize today, Chris. Yes, we do. Uh, you are playing for a uh, $50 gift certificate to Huck House Brunchette. And uh, today's question, don't call right now. It'll be in about 20 minutes. 51 years ago today, after throwing a 50-yard touchdown pass to Drew Pearson to beat the Minnesota Vikings and send the Dallas Cowboys to the Super Bowl against the Steelers, Roger Staubach, during an interview, coined a new football term that we still use today. What was that new term? And your hint is he was describing that I final know play. What it is. I'll, well, I'll, I'll bet a million dollars that you do. Yeah. In any case, we'll talk more about that, but we got to take care of news first. KBOI News Time. It's 8 o'clock. For your Google Play, simply say, Hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 808, glad you're with us on KBOI today. Along with Chris Walton, I'm Rick Worthington. We'll just remind you again as we continue to tell you that Mike Casper is not here this week. We expect that he will be back in the uh, new year. Yes, we will see him next year, which is, you know, next week, of course. For all it's worth. I mean, even for the people that don't want to see him next year. Monday's going to be a big day here, too. (laughs) What is Monday? Monday is FM day. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I knew. I was just playing along. We're not changing the station you're listening to right now, but it will also be on FM in case you want to switch over there. Uh, today is also Bronco Monday on a Tuesday. Bob Beeler will be here in a little while. We'll talk. Uh, I'm sure we'll have to talk about basketball because there is hoops tonight against Fresno State. Yeah. I would think that we will have an opportunity to mention at least what was going on uh, with with football. Mm-hmm. So uh, there, there's plenty for us to go over with Bob today. So stand by at 8.30. We'll talk with uh, Bob Beeler for Bronco Tuesday. Bronco Monday on a Tuesday. Exactly. Something like that. In any yeah. case, uh, we digress. There's certainly been a lot of talk about Dr. Anthony Fauci, who... How would you best describe Dr. Fauci and how people feel about him? Uh, I would say there are are mixed feelings, but that he is 
pretty much the foremost expert in the country about what he's talking about. He is the top U.S. infectious disease expert. Uh-huh. And he is saying that the nation should consider a vaccination mandate for domestic air travel. That is not going to play well for a lot of people in our area. I know yeah. that when you for talk people, about Dr. Fauci here, right. um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm talking about our audience, because while I think he has some good things to say, sometimes I know that not everybody feels that way. So I'm not going to pretend that everybody agrees with me. Dr. Anthony Fauci, who is the top U.S. infectious disease expert, according to ABC News here, uh, he said the nation should consider a vaccination mandate for domestic air travel, signaling a potential embrace of an idea the Biden administration has previously run up the flagpole as COVID-19 cases are starting to spike. Fauci, President Joe Biden's chief science advisor on the pandemic response, said that such a mandate might drive up the nation's lagging vaccination rate as well as confer stronger protection on flights for which federal regulations require all those age two and older to wear a mask right now, which also I know is not particularly popular among Mm -hmm. some of our listeners. Some people have definite objections to it. Sure they uh, do. Some people just don't like to be told what to do, no matter who it is. But, you know. Well, I'll buy that as well. Uh, Fauci telling uh, ABC and other news organizations, when you make vaccination a requirement, it's another incentive to get more people vaccinated. If you want to do that with domestic flights, I think that's something that seriously should be considered. Okay, the Biden administration has thus far, though, not imposed a vaccination requirement for domestic air travel. Two officials said Biden's science advisors have yet to make a formal recommendation for such a requirement to the president. But we just heard Dr. Fauci say, maybe we should. What do we know? What do we know about? I mean, the the, the simplest way to, to talk about this is to say, what do we know about airplanes? And that is that uh, if you are in an airplane in any seat in any part of the plane, you are basically breathing the exact same air in and out as everybody else on the plane. I just hate mandates, Chris. I just hate them. You know, I I personally would like to see everyone get vaccinated because I think the vaccinations are the best way to keep things from spreading and to make it so that people don't die from it. You know, I'm pro-life in those terms. I don't want to see people <laughs> die of COVID. But so, I know. just hate hate the idea, and I don't like to use that word, and I certainly don't use it lightly. I hate to see the government step in and say, this is what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And especially when we're talking about domestic air travel. I just... Just can't stand the idea. You'd rather they just stick with strong recommendations and leave it at that. I think you make strong recommendations. I think masks right now, the airlines on their own are saying, you're going to wear a mask while you're on the plane or we're not letting you on the plane. You know, I think that's that's enough. Is up to them because, as you know, airlines are private businesses technically. That's correct. Although regulated by the Federal Aviation Administration, they, they are still businesses. The U.S. currently mandates that most foreign nationals traveling to the United States be fully vaccinated against the coronavirus. Those citizens and permanent residents only need to show proof of a negative test has been taken within a a day of boarding. 
Federal rules don't require people traveling by air within the U.S. show of a negative test. Hawaii, on the other hand, requires travelers to show proof of vaccination to avoid mandatory quarantine when you get there. Which seems like a good idea. Well, I mean, uh, if you're going to have if, people coming if, in, yeah, and exactly. If only travel the, is the business in Hawaii, it, it will certainly save you a lot of trouble and time. If you want to talk about it, we'll give you an opportunity to chime in on this uh, a little later on uh, this hour and next. I'll give you the number, 208-336-3700. You can also hit us on pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. But we also have a damn near impossible question coming up, and we'll do it next. KBOI News Time is 814. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, 824, lines are lit. Because apparently people are smart today. At least that is my great hope. Or or they can guess based on uh, <laughs> yeah, what they've heard. All right, damn near impossible question, Chris. Give it to us. Uh, for a $50 gift certificate to Huck House Brunchette, 51 years ago today, after throwing a 50-yard touchdown pass to Drew Pearson to beat the Minnesota Vikings and send the Dallas Cowboys to the Super Bowl, Roger Staubach, during an interview, coined a new football term that we still use today. What was that new football term? All right. There we go. Stage is set. Jeff, you're up first. Jeff, thanks for calling us this morning on KBOI. Jeff. Well, you're welcome. How are you doing today? Yeah. You good? Awesome, you. You know, I I know the answer to this question, and I'm not going to give it away. I don't care what you do. I'm not giving it away. I'm not going to tell you what it but, was but Jeff that he said. Yeah. 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 Jeff knows, though, I think. Jeff, give it to us. It would be the Hail Mary that's exactly right. The yeah, that's Hail exactly Mary right. pass. I remember. And, and yeah, and uh, the first time that was ever really said that anybody, I mean, he was on television. It was a post-game interview because it was the semis, you know, to, to see who goes to the uh, Super Bowl. And he uh, described the pass, and he says, you just, you know, throw it as far as you can and, and hope that uh, your guy is under it when it comes down. He says it's kind of a, high, a Hail Mary pass. Yeah. Coined a phrase. Mm-hmm. Should have uh, locked that one in so that they could do all the T-shirts and everything, but uh, he didn't. Oh, well. Rod Staubach turned out pretty good anyway. Marketing was different then. Yeah, I know. Hey, Jeff, <laughs> congratulations. You're our winner today. We got a $50 gift certificate for you, and the food where you're going is pretty good. So stand by. We'll get some information from you, and uh, we'll be right back to you, okay? Congratulations. Way to go. Right on. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff, super animated and way excited, as you could clearly well, tell. Well, he's, he's obviously, uh, you know, uh, thinking about breakfast. Now. I, I mean, he just got cooking. up. I mean, let's all give him a break. He needs some coffee still before he gets excited. You bet. All right, news on the way. KBOI News Time is 826. This is Bronco Tuesday, where we discuss the Olympic sports at Boise State. Now, here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob Beeler, on 670-KBOI. And at 8.38, Rick Worthington filling in for Mike Casper today, along with Chris Walton. Bob Beeler joins us. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. How are you guys? I guess sort of between Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, you know, the end of the year, and we're trying to, you know, make preparations for some big changes here at KBOI at the beginning of the year as well. 
But uh, it's all good for Boise State sports all around here. First and foremost, let's jump right into what's going on with the bowl game for Boise State and a surprise to many that they pulled out yesterday. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, when they when they brought the players back to campus, I guess they had a few COVID tests and they had more tests, and I guess it was determined that they did not have enough to go, so Boise State will not be participating in the Arizona Bowl, and because of that, uh, Central Michigan is going to take the spot of Miami in the Sun Bowl. Uh, El Paso and uh, Tucson are about a four-hour drive, so it was plausible to move the entire Central Michigan team to uh, El Paso to play in the Sun Bowl against Washington State. So uh, it's a it's one bowl game that was saved because one side on each of the bowl games pulled out. Miami not playing in the, in the Sun Bowl. They had pulled out, I believe, either a day or two before Boise State did in their game. What what do you think? Uh, this probably is the is the low light of the season. What 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 what's been the highlight of this year? Well, I think the highlight of the season probably for at least for me was going down to BYU and winning. If if I had to look and, and pick a you know a, a one game, if you're gonna if you're gonna put one game on like if we're gonna do a classic game on on New Year's Eve and put it in the spot of uh, of you know this game that would have been played i think i would say the byu game they were you know they were unbeaten at the time and and boise state you know knocked off a team on the road that was nationally ranked in a, in a game that they were you know down a little bit early and the game came back and won it so i think chris i would i would pick that game as as the highlight of the season if you're asking me as far as a game if you're talking about an individual i would think you know what i'll remember most about this season is is the play of khalil shakir uh, you know leading the team in receiving going over 1,000 yards individually as a receiver, and then what I expect is to have a career in the pros starting next season. I know there are also some things that we would like to see change or see go better for the Broncos in the upcoming year, and I I would probably say, yeah, I'd really like to see them actually play in a bowl game next (laughs) year. I mean, that would be mine. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, uh, they've had some bad luck in bowl games uh, th- for this Recently. this group of, of seniors. Uh, you look at the the game in, in Dallas that lasted 10 minutes. That was in 2018. That was no uh, fun. Yeah, that one, you, you talk about things that you never think would happen in sports. You know, I expected we might be sitting there a while, that we might have, a, have to fill like we did against uh, Central Florida to start the season. Right. And then in 19, the game, uh, we played Coach Pete. For his last game at Washington, and, and that game did not go well from a, a Broncos standpoint on the field, but I mean, at least the game was played. And then uh, last year, the team opted out, uh, didn't even sign up to play in a bowl game. And then this year, you know, not even, I guess, I guess it was good not to have to go to Tucson and have to turn around and try to figure out how to get everybody back. Right. Uh, but yeah, bowl games have been a little bit, uh, a little bit dicey as far as not not winning. I mean, you look at some of these teams. I think Central Michigan's record is like three and nine in bowl games, and they haven't won, you know, wow. for multiple years. But uh, you know, I think probably more disappointing not to play than than to play. This to is beat. this is like one of those good news bad news stories. The, the good news is we qualified for a bowl yeah. game again. Well, no, and and that's good. I mean, twenty four in a row. Only Georgia and Ohio State have have qualified for more bowl games than than Boise State consecutively. That means, I mean, what that does mean, guys, is you have a winning record every year. So, I think that should be celebrated. I mean, how many? You know, you look at is Alabama on that list ahead of Boise State? No. Is Notre Dame on on that list ahead of Boise State? No. I mean, that, that to me. 
is maybe the most impressive thing about this football program is is the consistency and and winning conferences no matter what conference they've been in. Last question before we move on and start talking about the basketball team. What else will we see from Boise State now? Because it sounds like they're pretty much shutting down football operations for the better part. Will we hear from Coach Avalos at all here before we get into spring? Well, there's another recruiting day in, in, sure. in February, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I would assume for sure for sure. then. Uh, you know, they, they say shutting down. Uh, you know, when the bowl game's over, they shut down for a few weeks anyway because, you know, the kids then go home and then they come back whenever classes start, which is usually, what, mid-January classes start? Correct. Something around the 10th, something like that usually. So the fact that, you know, that, that they would shut down now, you know, if, if they'd have played in, in an, a bowl game before Christmas, they'd be shut down now. So that, that part wouldn't wouldn't surprise me um you know at this point i don't know what 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 are you what, you know what would somebody say at this point so yeah, I mean, i'm sure I we might know. hear from him before we might hear from him before signing day but uh, you know again you know the the release yesterday was short sweet and to the point you know uh, th- you know through covid protocols we're not going to tucson i mean what more can be said gotcha all right let's talk hoops we'll do it we come back from this break kboi news time is eight forty three. Now, back to Bronco Tuesday on 670 KBOI. 8.46 now on KBOI. Bob Beeler is along with Chris Walton and I. I'm Rick Worthington, by the way. We're talking basketball. The Boise State basketball team is on KBOI tonight as uh, we begin conference play, Bob. Yeah, 6.30 pregame show, and it is a big game to open the season. Boise State 9-4. and four taking on Fresno State at 10-3. and three. Both teams have played especially well lately. The Broncos are on a six-game winning streak. And, guys, if you want to see teams play defense, tonight it might be first one to 60 wins because Fresno nice. State is allowing 55 points a game and Boise State is averaging giving up 59 points a game. So uh, both of these teams have got it done, especially at the defensive end of the floor this year. Yeah, this is uh, this is one where it would be just funny if both teams, you know, hit ninety. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's possible, and and usually my rule of thumb in college basketball is the first team that gets to seventy usually wins. But uh, I might have to back that down to like sixty-five or you know somewhere <laughs> in the sixties this year. But Fresno's a team that uh, guys has uh, five starters back from last year. Uh, last year they were 12 and 12, but they did beat Boise State in the last regular season game last season that really kind of hurt the Broncos as far as postseason concerned. Uh, they have one of the best players in the Mountain West, somebody that I think you'll see in the NBA in the future, and that's seven foot center Orlando Robinson. He's averaging 19 points and eight rebounds, shooting uh, 51% from the floor. So uh, he can send he, it back too. Yes, he can. So uh, he's a guy that uh, you know is one of the better players in college basketball. For those that follow the Ken Palm statistics, it ranks the teams. They also rank the players, and statistically this year, uh, he is ranked the seventh best player in the country, at least Ooh. according to stats. So uh, should be interesting to watch him. Uh, Boise State has really come together, guys, since they changed the lineup uh, seven games ago and moved Tyson Degenhardt into the starting lineup. Now three times in a row, he's been the rookie of the week, and Post game after the Washington State win, which was the Broncos' sixth in a row, Coach Rice talked about uh, his team heading into conference play and uh, how he feels about it. Well, I like that we can win in a variety of ways. You know, our offense can. Maybe I, I've had some teams that, that could do that, but not all of them. And you know, 
first it was our defense and our offense got better and and now we can kind of whatever the game dictates which you know different nights it's gonna you're gonna have different things and we we have different ways to win a game and we have confidence the biggest thing is we have confidence in that and that's what i told the guys at halftime let's just hang in there we've won games like this we've been in more rock fights than anybody so we uh we can finish it <laughs> I like well, that. Well, and a rock fight. fight is a game where maybe you're not scoring a lot of points. Uh, neither team got to 60 in that game, 58-52. Uh, but I, I thought maybe one of the most encouraging things with the game was Boise State was 18 of 21 at the free throw line for 86%. You're going to win a lot wow. of games if you do that. Uh, the, the starting lineup has been outstanding. Abu Kijab has been extremely solid. I mean, he's he the, the thing that he does is he scores. And when I say that is he finds a way to score, and most of it's taking the ball to the basket and getting fouled. He is averaging taking eight free throws a game. So let's say you make six of them, and then you make you know three baskets. All of a sudden, you got twelve, and you're probably going to do better than that. So uh, uh, a concern going forward, at least for me, for Boise State right now, uh, need a little more from the bench. You know, Kuzmanovich and Milner have been hurt; they're kind of rounding into shape. They need Max Rice to. To, to step it up a little bit, uh, Najee Smith, I thought, was was tremendous off the bench in the game against Washington State, doing a lot of little things, six points, four rebounds, three blocks, and two steals. But uh, this starting lineup uh, of Dagenhart, Shaver, Acott, Kijab, and Armoush guys, I think, is, is really clicking. It's a good one. And I need to give Coach Rice an attaboy, because very honestly, I mean, if we're telling the truth, I was really critical of, of Coach Rice and Boise State going down the stretch last year. And in retrospect, he just may not have been getting guys to play the kind of basketball he wanted them to play in terms of guys stepping into particular roles. Mm -hmm. But I think he's done really good this year in getting guys to play the basketball he wants them to play and in particular roles. Well, I think especially in this uh, six-game winning streak, uh, you know, made a few changes. Uh, Dutrieve left the team. Uh, and it seems like it's been addition by subtraction. I agree. They've clicked a lot better. Uh, you know, I've always thought, well, two things about basketball and coaching. Number one, you got to have guys buy into the roles. You, ha- you know, people have to play their role, but they have to buy in and be willing to do it. And this group, I think, has done it. And the other thing I think that, that shows me something of coaching is Coach Rice has been an offensive coach his entire career. And this year he's having to kind of switch because this team is better defensively than it is offensively. Now on the winning streak, they've averaged 76 points a game. And it is a much better offensive team in, the, say, the last seven games and the first seven games of the season. So, uh, you know, but I do think that, that Coach Rice has, has had to change a few things because of the talent. And I think that's a sign of a good coach is figuring out what you have and what they do best. And... You, if you're going to be a defensive team, you got to hit free throws. The last couple of games, they've started to hit free throws. So that's yeah, a step it, in the right direction. Ama- well, that 86 percent is amazing, considering that you know it was a problem for them to get to 50 in some games. Yeah, it was. And if you think about it, they went by what six in the game was 58, 52. Yeah. Let's say they make 60 percent of their free throws. They may not have won that game. So you know that to me was an encouraging sign. And free throw shooting guys, I think, is contagious. Contagious as we saw in the bad way when you're shooting fifty percent, and then lately as the free throw shooting has been going up, you know you could just see the faces as people came to the free throw line. Kijab and Dagenhart were the guys that the, that went to the line the most often against Washington State, but you could just see the confidence building. So 
Uh, we'll see how it goes tonight. Uh, uh, Boise State still, if you look at the numbers, 61%, you'd say is a, a team for the season. You almost have to look at what they're doing in the winning streak. Like, uh, Dagenhart's numbers don't tell the story. You know, if you looked at his numbers on the season, you'd see that he was averaging 8.8 points and uh, grabbing, uh, I think it's five rebounds a game. Well, the rebounds, you kind of expect five or six rebounds a game. But, you know, as a starter, he's averaging 15. So, uh, Sometimes the season statistics, you know, at least halfway through the season, don't tell the whole story. I like that you brought some stats with you today, Bob. Good job. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little more about the women's basketball team. Take a quick break here and touch on that a little bit. KBOI News Time is 8.53. Now back to Bronco Tuesday on 670 KBOI. It is 8.55 on Bronco Tuesday. In for Mike Casper, I'm Rick Worthington, Chris Walton here with us, and Bob Beeler on the line. Bob, we've only got two minutes left, but I do want to give women's basketball their say today. Uh, look, they've got some things going on, too. let us I'll, I'll let you run it. Go. They are opening their conference play tonight, 6 o'clock start. You can hear it over on 1350 a.m. They are 4-7 and seven this season. Three of their seven losses have been by three or less, and they are opening guys with the team's uh, top team, at least in the regular season, or in the non-conference part, Colorado State, on the road, and Colorado State is 9-1 and one on the season. So it's going to be a, a, a tough one tonight. Elodie Lalotte, a sophomore out of Paris, France, has been Boise State's leading player, 10.7 rebounds, 6-1, and uh, she has five double-doubles on the season. So 6 o'clock for them from Colorado State, and then the men's game tonight, 6.30 pregame right here as Boise State takes on Fresno State. It's been a good non-conference year for the Mountain West this year. All right, I got another question here for you. After the football game was canceled this week, I know your schedule, you kind of bounce because it's still football season, but it's also basketball season. Will that give you a little more of a break, or are you going to have to hop from game to game to game to game again? Well, we got multiple games this week, so we'll see. We've got uh, 6.30 tonight with Fresno and then a New Year's Day game in Laramie. Uh, 1.30 pregame uh, New Year's Day afternoon. So those are the first two games of the season. One home, one away. Women will be home on uh, the 31st against New Mexico. I believe right. that's an afternoon game. Chris, you got anything left? Oh, I was just going to say this should be uh, definitely uh, an exciting game tonight, the men's game. Uh, you know, Fresno State ha- has always been a rival since <laughs> clear back in 1983 after they had just won the uh, NIT, uh, and uh, they came in ranked, and Boise State beat them here. Yeah, the this, this series is about as tight as you can get. Boise State's 124, and Fresno State has 122, and they split last season. So, yeah, I think uh, I think we're in for a, a good one tonight. If, if you're looking for something to do between Christmas and New Year's, I would highly recommend tonight's game with Fresno State. should be highly entertaining. Bob, have a terrific time. If we don't get to talk before, Happy New Year to you. Hope you enjoyed your Christmas, and uh, all the best to the family as well. Take care, Bob. Same to you guys. All right. Bob Beeler, there he goes for Bronco Tuesday. All right, coming up, we've got news on the way here for you. We'll have your phone lines open as well, 208-336-3700. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Last hour of the program. Mike Casper is out this week. I'm Rick Worthington, filling in along with Chris Walton. All right, Chris, we had talked about this a little bit before, and uh, 
it generated some calls, but uh, we were just headed to talk with Bob Beeler at the time, so we didn't get to hear from him. But we'll open up the phone lines for you again. 208-336-3700 is the number you can call, or pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. It has everything to do with Dr. Anthony Fauci discussing the plan for uh, Omicron. Um, Which would involve... Uh, if I mean, his recommendation is, is that uh, shots be mandated for those who are going to be flying domestically. It's you, you, you have to have a shot to land, not necessarily fly, but if you want to land, uh, you have to have a shot to land in a lot of the countries on Earth now. Uh, yeah, you but do. Uh, it's it's not been mandated that say if you're flying from you know Chicago to Los Angeles, you have to have one. But he recommends that, that we do that. So, Dr. Anthony Fauci, by the way, just in case you don't know what his current role is, he is the top U.S. infectious disease expert. He basically sits right next to Joe Biden in everything that has to do with COVID-19 cases and or discussions. Fauci has the president's ear. He is President Joe Biden's chief science advisor on the pandemic response. And he said that a mandate might drive up the nation's lagging vaccination rate as well as confer stronger protection on if, flights. If, if you absolutely have to fly for your job or something like that and you preferred not to get a vaccination, this would, uh, well, this would make you have to make a, a hard decision. You know, do you get the vaccination or do you quit your job? Well, the Biden administration has so far not imposed a vaccination requirement for domestic travel. Now, we've seen some other requirements from the Biden administration that we don't particularly care for. Two officials say that Biden science advisors have yet to make a formal recommendation for such a requirement to the president. But Dr. Anthony Fauci is the head science guy when it has to do with the pandemic, and he's got the president's ear. So how long... Before we start seeing a mandate, before you get on domestic air travel, you've got to be vaccinated. Mm -hmm. One more thing that people that have not been vaccinated for the most part have been warning about. And in this case, they would be right. Joe Biden knows that it's it's, uh, politically risky to uh, mandate something. It's especially in this particular case with so many people uh, who have strong feelings about it. So my guess is that uh, if if he does call for a mandate, it'll be a while yet. And I don't think he's going to do it right now. Now, some officials who spoke to ABC News on the condition of anonymity discussing international deliberations say that a vaccine mandate on planes could trigger a host of logistical and legal concerns. Like, we didn't know that was going to come down as well. So far, though, again, I want to make sure you understand this. So far, there is no mandate in order to travel domestically within the United States. There is no vaccine mandate. Of course, you do have to wear a mask while you're on the plane. And that is what the airline industry has done on its own. By the way, that is not a requirement from the president. That is something that those companies have said, if you're going to travel, you have to wear the mask on the plane. And, and, and you know, and by comparison, I mean, wearing a mask is, is minimally 
uh, inconvenient for you compared to if you are completely against the vaccination. Do you agree with the idea that you have to be vaccinated in order to travel domestically within the United States? Get an instant message from Idaho boy who says the expert wants everyone flying to get the shot, turning the entire airline traveling population into uh, COVID spreaders because the shot doesn't stop it from spreading. This guy is someone who has failed up his entire career. Uh, Not so sure about that. He says, uh, look at the NFL or Barnstable County, Massachusetts. The shot isn't as effective as we are being led to believe. The masks are not at all. Look at mandate versus non-mandate states. Look at the several RCTs done years ago on aerosolized viral and masks on the NIH website. Okay. That's Idaho boy. Now, I'll, I'll give you some personal perspective on this. I would like to see everybody get vaccinated. I would like to see that. But I don't want you to have to do it. I don't want you to have to do it against your will. I don't I would choose the vaccination for myself and I in fact have. I'm a I'm a three-time vaxer, okay? Got my vaccines, got my booster shot. When they offer a fourth and say it's going to be good for this, I'll probably get it too. I think it's what's best for me and my family. You have other ideas about what's good for you and your family. That's okay. I don't want to see you have to get vaccinated, though I think you should. Does that make sense? I don't want to force you to do it. I want you to come to the conclusion on your own that it's a pretty good thing. But if you can't get there, I don't want to see somebody force you to do it. Another instant message. This one's not signed. However, it says the flu shots were never super effective in the first place. Broad efficacy of 40 to 60 percent. The only reason we were in crisis standards of care is because our health care in Idaho is mismanaged by the upper echelons of the hospitals and our do nothing governor saying we just can't do anything else ignoring Florida's actions, who never went into crisis standards. We are the United States of America, and he is going to say that we have to go into crisis standards of care for 0.03% of Idaho's population. Now, I think the crisis standards of care is uh, to benefit the entire population because uh, this sort of thing doesn't just benefit the people who currently have the virus. By the way, earlier this year, the White House did explore the idea of domestic vaccination requirements on flights or one that required either vaccination or proof of a negative test. But officials haven't been eager to mandate vaccination for domestic air travel because they expected it to face immediate legal challenges. We didn't have to want to go to court about this, so we decided, yeah, let's just not go there. Is basically the White House on the concerned concerned citizen rights in and says if the coronavirus is as bad as they say it is, then why is flying allowed at all? Why not quarantine the country or the world for two months and let it die out? We are basically doing it now anyway. At least I am. Uh, we we have consistently tried to uh, use the path of least resistance in this, and I think 
that uh, those who uh, would like there to be mandates and quarantines and things like that believe that uh, asking people to get the vaccination is you know shouldn't have that much resistance even though it obviously does asking people to wear a mask shouldn't have that much resistance although it does uh so they uh, i think would hesitate to you know mandate that the entire country shut down uh everything uh and that you know all plane flights stop and things like that because they're, they're trying to be as non-intrusive as they can and e- even that people think is is too intrusive some people Want to know what you think today? If they deem you have to be vaccinated in order to travel domestically on the airline of your choice, will you get vaccinated? 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Toll free. 1-800-529-KBOI. Short break. We'll be right back. KBOI News Time is 916. Night at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 918, continuing to take your calls. Got a line open for you, 208-336-3700. 1-800-529-3700. Toll-free, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Talking about vaccinations, uh, possibility that... Flight domestically will, at some point, very soon, recommend that you have the vaccine before you're allowed to get on a domestic flight. Mm-hmm. Hasn't happened yet, but there's a chance that it could. Betty writes in and says, I blame the whole thing on Joe Biden. Isn't that what we were doing when President Trump was running things? Yes, we were blaming things on Joe Biden then, too. It's the uh, president's fault. Whatever happened to that? Now it's like we don't even have a president. What strange times we are living in. Just change the channel you're listening to. Uh, believe me, he's getting plenty of criticism. Oh, yeah. And yeah, His uh, approval rating isn't very good were, right now. And there were some channels you could watch where they never criticized Trump. That's true, too. By but the way, it's I, not a, it's this not is an interesting point. Yeah, it's not unusual for a president to be criticized. That's kind of what America is about. We're allowed to do that, and it's almost encouraged. You know, we, we want people to do better, and we want the government to be better. I think it's important to remind everybody that just before Christmas, former President Donald Trump endorsed the idea that everybody get vaccinated. I mean, it's a rare point where the Biden administration and the former president agree on something twice in a week leading up to christmas trump gave a public endorsement of covid19 vaccines and boosters the last time that he spoke about it it was really the most striking since trump passed up an attempt by conservative host candace owens to tee him up and slam the president Mm -hmm. for covid19 deaths that have taken place president trump was all about it he uh, didn't necessarily go so far as to tell everybody that they had to get vaccinated, but he you know, was obviously praising the, the team that put together the vaccine in such a hurry uh, when it was necessary in the United States. And he was also pointing out, I think he was with Bill O'Reilly, and they, they both pointed out that they had gotten their shots and the booster. So if you are inclined to take advice from him or to emulate what he does, then uh, you probably are getting your shot. On the other hand, there were plenty of people who otherwise really uh, are, are Trump enthusiasts who uh, kind of 
scoffed at this or booed it. Well, here's one of the things that I don't understand, and you can explain this to me if you like. So many people have said that the vaccine and the COVID has all become a political mess. But if it's a political mess and it's driven by politics, how come both parties are saying get vaccinated? Yeah. The the vaccine itself, I don't think, is the political mess or even the objection. It's, it's people being told what to do by the government. Uh, if you don't like that, chances are you don't like any of well, it. Well, therein lies the, the real... And especially something medical. Yeah, and, and this is where former President Trump and I uh, agree, and... I don't have that all the all the time, but I do in this case. He wants people to get vaccinated, but he opposes vaccine mandates. Well, he says, again, do again, what I did. Go get vaccinated. It's the best thing you can do. You'll be healthier. It'll save lives. By the way, we did a really good job hitting the turbo button on getting these things approved so it would help out. I think what people want is somebody... Uh in charge or at least you know in the uh, uh, upper echelons of uh, medicine and government who will make recommendations but will never recommend that uh, the government force you to do anything that's probably the biggest thing about it well this I, is my problem th- there there may be people out there and i hope there aren't but there may be people out there who believe in vaccinations and would like to get one but they uh, they don't do it on principle because they don't want to be forced into it sure and i get that I just, I I have a fundamental problem with somebody saying COVID-19 is only being used for political purposes, but both parties are saying go and get vaccinated. I mean, I think we would be foolish not to believe that Donald Trump is going to run for president again. Bruce from the cold and snowy north of Loman writes in and says there is no requirement for U.S. citizens to be vaccinated to enter the U.S., I am leaving the country soon and had to get vaxxed to enter Liberia, though. But there is still no requirement for me to re-enter the, con- the uh, country. I will enjoy the equatorial weather for a bit. Yeah, you do that. Had <laughs> <laughs> to get be, vaccinated to leave I, or to I, I enter have, the, the country that he's going to. I have not looked at the forecast, but I can tell you that it's going to be warmer in Liberia than it is in Boise or Loman. By the way, if we agree that former President Trump will be running again in the upcoming election, if we agree on that, the president getting in line with, hey, get vaccinated, it'll help. And by the way, we're the ones who put all this in motion so that you could get vaccinated, takes away one of the biggest selling points that the Biden administration had going into the last election that they won which was they were on the side of vaccines and you know let's let's get rid of this pandemic let's do it by getting vaccinated but i don't know why the president didn't ever capitalize on the fact that he was the one that hit the warp speed on that isn't that what they called it operation mm-hmm. warp speed exactly that was his deal i don't understand why they didn't monopolize on the fact that yeah, we're the party that's doing everything he, you're supposed to do right now. He he still says that. He, that's what he said on TV last week that, yeah. uh, that people were interested in. I, I think 
there are some people that just assumed that with all the backlash that he would be completely against the shots. But I don't think somebody, uh, you know, starts uh, Operation Warp Speed if they're against the shots. Sandy uh, is on line one. Okay. Sorry about that, Chris. Didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. Let's hear what Sandy has to say. Hi, Sandy. Thanks for calling us on Hi. KBOI. Sure. I was um, doing some research because I wanted to find something valid, not just what the Internet says. Um, there was a report on NBC. I found it on, on Google um, regarding the air quality on airplanes, airliners that anything other than very small commuter airlines and um, older airplanes, the air is, um, first of all, it comes in from the top and goes down. So that it's circulated that way so it doesn't go across from people. Um, secondly, it goes through um, HIPAA filters that are the same quality that's used in um, um, emergency rooms and no, hospitals. In hospitals, yeah, they use the same filtering system. Right. And um, also, the air is continually mixed with uh, fresh air, so that the, um, I think it's every 10 minutes, if not more, that... Um, that is totally fresh air in the airplane. Did, did so, they did they specify uh, how new the plane has to be to have this system? Um, they just they said, um, if I'm not mistaken, just they didn't give a figure, but they just said mm-hmm. some of the, you know, much older planes, right, which right. I think you know would be able to, you know, there could be some regulations on that through the F. Yeah, yeah, I can tell you those little puddle jumpers do not have HIPAA filters. Uh, <laughs> Probably taken. not. Yeah, that was the first thing she said. Is you know some of the smaller ones and and commuter airlines wouldn't have them. Sure. And of course, a lot of those are the ones that use the older planes because uh, you know the planes once they're uh, recycled by the, uh, uh, the the bigger airlines sometimes have some life left in them. Sandy, appreciate the call. Thank you very much for giving us a ring today. You take Tim, care. Tim Tim wrote in and says, Fauci said vaccines should be seriously considered for air travel. So where do you get Fauci said we should mandate vaccines for air travel? I don't think that's what we said. Uh, I think he... He may be in favor of mandates, but apparently he hasn't uh, uh, advised... Well, I don't know. He, he I'll read have, the he quote again been, for okay, you just ahead. to make sure that's that... A, well, I, I don't have it in front of me. i got to go back and grab it real quick, but... Uh, I will grab it. Tell you what, let's do news. I'll grab the quote, and we'll see what he exactly said and the the story that I was reading from, an Associated Press story through ABC News. I'll uh, I'll make sure that you get it straight. So it's not what I said, it's what they said, okay? Okay. Hang on, we'll do that. KBOI News Time is 928. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Nine thirty-six. Once again, Rick Worthington in for my Casper today, talking about vaccines and specifically how it relates to the air travel business, domestic flights within the United States. A chance that maybe very soon they will be asking you to vaccinate before you can get on a domestic flight. So that's fly anywhere in the United States. 
You got to prove that you're vaccinated first. I've got the article. We'll talk about that in a minute. But Rich called up. Rich, thanks for calling us on KBOI this morning. How are you? Oh, good. Just a second here. Uh, you were talking about why it was politicized. Well, uh, two things. No, 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 no. That's not what I was talking about. No, no, I'm saying you, you, you were talk- I don't understand how people believe it's politicized when both parties are saying go get vaccinated. Both, okay, well, both that is, former that is, President that is, Trump that is, and President Biden are both saying the same thing, that the vaccines are pretty good and you should go do it. Okay, now can I talk? Uh, Trump never mentioned the vaccines since the time the vaccines came out in three months until he left office. He never mentioned them once. He's only mentioned it three times in the past year at some rally. Well, he talked about it twice last week, Rich. Yep, twice last week. That's over a year after the vaccines come out, he's talking about it. When the president got vaccinated, he said, the vaccines are good. He did say that. When he got vaccinated, he told everybody that he got it and said, I think the vaccines are good. Yep, that's three times in a year. He's never done he's never done a PSA, he's never done anything to encourage it, and he allowed Fox News, which I mean they just love him to just bash the vaccine for the whole time. And yeah, yeah, he he, he did and he did in fact well he first he kinda he didn't tell when he got vaccinated. He waited he didn't announce that right away, he waited till afterwards. He has done absolutely nothing to encourage people to get the vaccines. And now now all these people, they're set in their ways. They are not going to get them. It's just too late. From, from the time the vaccines came out in the three months we left office, he never mentioned them. He didn't even mention them once. Sure he did. You know, so, so I mean. Operation Warp it, Speed. Uh, no, Warp Speed, yeah. He, he, did, he did do that. He did. He did try to get the vaccines out, but he's done nothing to promote them. Barack Obama, George Bush has done more to promote vaccines than Donald Trump has. Uh, And it's not really both parties are for him. If you listen to conservative media, uh, they do not promote him. They are are anti-vaccine. They do everything they can to say they don't work or they're not doing this. So, I mean, you you just really can't say that. Yeah, yeah. Trump did it two days before. I'm not Christmas. talking about conservative media, though, Rich. I'm saying that the no, you say, you, you former President parties, Trump and that is the parties. Former the President parties Trump got the vaccine for it. He got the vaccine, and he said they're good. Yeah, he, and he said it twice yeah, again he, last week. Yeah, he got the vaccine and then ignored it for a year and didn't say anything about it. And yeah, of course, he he all by himself is is not the Republican Party. There are other factions of it, but... Some people uh, would argue. He he does... Uh, uh, I guess he does represent the feelings of a lot of them. Yeah, he, 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 he's, he's done more to promote the anti-vax thing than he does to... to I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. Yeah, yeah you don't, you're not paying attention to what he has never said. You know, okay, so three times in a year he's mentioned it. Oh, Whoa! He talked about Operation Warp Speed in all of the debates. To yep, be fair, after, to be fair, after this the, hasn't... after the after the vaccines came out, he ignored it. Yeah, to be fair, this hasn't been his most uh, mass communicative year. Rich, thanks for calling. Yeah, I'm, all I'm saying 
is this. I don't understand how people say it's all a political ploy for control when President Trump is vaccinated and is saying go get the vaccines. And it's the same thing that President Biden is saying. Now, I won't be so naive as to say I don't think that some of it has to do with control. Yeah. I read an article yesterday that said, uh, it was, it was just kind of in general, but it said how people criticize the government or things that they criticize about the government are the things that they uh, either don't like or it's the things that they feel about themselves, you know, projecting, in other words. Right. And it, what it said is that uh, those who believe that everybody's motivation is power and control do so because, hey, if they were in office, that would be their motivation. Well, you know, I've, why why get into office unless you're hungry for power? I have not been one that has, you know, gone off the rails defending former President Trump by any means. Um, but I think I've been honest in things that I've said here on the air. And the man is vaccinated. And the man says, I think they work and I think you should consider them. I think they work. That's what he said. And that there's a there's a vast. Uh, difference between uh, considering and mandating sure and 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 therein lies the big thing where the two parties and or if we're just talking about the two presidents have split the president has president trump has said i am not in favor of mandates for vaccines but i think you should get them mike has written in mike says it's once again proven that most of your audience based on those calling in are anti-vaxxers to wit Comparing COVID to the flu, the flu kills thirty to 50,000 per year, while in two years, COVID has killed over 700,000. Blaming Joe Biden as if he has magical powers, not blaming Trump for the country's stumbling start to fight the pandemic, including his saying it would soon go away in January 2020, while in February 2020 telling Bob Woodward, taped, that COVID-19 was deadly stuff, but wanted to play it down. Actually, vaccines save lives and untold suffering so tragic that so many of your listeners are terribly self-centered. That's Mike. Al is on the line. Al, we appreciate the call. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on KBOI today. Howdy. First of all, uh, both parties are generally advocating for the vaccine. But if you recall, there were two people in particular. One of them, there were candidates for uh, president. Uh, Biden was one of the names, and I think Harris was the other names. Both last year said they would not want any vaccine that Trump had anything to do with. That's pretty political. Next issue, please. Um, about airline <laughs> that's airline fair management. that's fair you know i'll take that <laughs> well, well, okay well good i'm glad you took it because i gave it <laughs> yeah, <you did. laughs> uh, the other issue about mandates airline or any kind what does a person like me do when over it started in the summer of 2020, discussions with my longtime physician, and the very last time I talked to him, which was pretty recently, I asked, I said, what about getting the vaccine for me? And he said, I got two things to say to you, N-O, 
what do I do when the doctor said I shouldn't get it? What about those people? Because of your uh, current condition? Is that why, why you said no? What, when you have a honest discussion with your health care professional, like so many people recommend, and the, the health care professional recommends against it, no, I'm saying. Yeah, why, I, what am I did, did, to do? did he did 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 he recommend nobody get it or just you for a specific reason? No, he didn't. I don't. I don't know if he recommended that nobody get it, but I know he said for me, no. See, I'm I'm really happy that you have spoken with your personal doctor about it, and I I take the advice of my personal doctor because I feel like my personal doctor knows me best and what's best for me. But I still, you know, err in my own judgment sometimes. Um, uh, but, I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. Have you considered asking those other questions? Like, who else shouldn't be getting this and why shouldn't they be getting them? Sure. Let, let people make up their mind after consultation with their, uh, their doctor. They get a hall pass from your doctor as to and why you didn't get the vaccine. Mandate is not allowing that. That's correct. That's correct. I don't like mandates, and not many people here do. Al, thank you very much for the call. We appreciate you listening in Ontario today. Thank you very much. You Bye. take care. Robin wrote in, and she says the vaccine came out under Trump. Conservative media is against mandates not the vaccine. Most of the conservative media I watch encourage all to get the vaccine. So what is Rich watching and listening to for his information? Uh, not all of them encourage you to get the vaccine. There are still plenty of them who are, are saying that uh, it's not necessary. That's correct. Now, we got an email earlier. Chris, I don't remember who it was from that was asking, where did you get Dr. Fauci recommending that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, I went back and I grabbed the story, and I just want to read a piece of this to you. I know that we need to take a break here, so we'll take the break. I'll read it when we come back, but the phones will be open for you to continue calls at 208-336-3700. Again, 1-800-529-KBOI. It's toll-free. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. We'll talk to you about that when we come back. KBOI News Time is 947. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Appreciate the calls today. 9.52 on KBOI. I'm going to read this story just so you know that I wasn't putting words in somebody else's mouth. I'll just... Read the story to you, and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. The The story, it, it's an Associated Press story. It was uh, put out by ABC News, and it's in regards to air travel and should the United States consider vaccine mandates for people traveling domestically by air. So the story reads like this. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the top U.S. infectious disease expert, said the nation should consider a vaccine mandate for domestic air travel, signaling a potential embrace of the idea the Biden administration previously eschewed as COVID-19 cases spike. Fauci, who is President Joe Biden's chief advisor, his chief science advisor on the pandemic response, said 
Such a mandate might drive up the nation's lagging vaccination rate, as well as confer stronger protection on flights, which federal regulations require all those age two and older wear a mask. All right, here's the quote. When you make vaccination a requirement, it's another incentive to get more people vaccinated. If you want to do that with domestic flights, I think that's something that seriously should be considered. So that's Fauci saying, yeah, I'd kind of like to see him put this in place, a mandate on vaccination for domestic travel, domestic flights. Now, why hasn't that happened already? Because it seems like the Biden administration has already decided we don't want to put that in place just that which just uh, and it has everything to do with we don't want to have to go to court and fight on this particular point right and he even said that when he was campaigning that he didn't want to you know have a a nationwide mandate and actually was more in line with letting states do it the way they wanted to so i know the email said hey where are you you know finding that fauci wants these requirements it came from his mouth it is an ap story but the quote is there when you make vaccination a requirement that's another incentive to get more people vaccinated if you want to do that with domestic flights i think that's something that seriously should be considered end quote from dr fauci to the associated press as well as msnbc he said that too so lisa lisa wrote in and uh, lisa says our friend's daughter explained anti-vaxxers attitudes perfectly she asked her dad why kids in her east idaho class believed in santa but not in the vaccine ha ha what a funny time we live in oh yeah i'm i'm not sure if one (laughs) relates to the other but uh i guess you believe things based on who told you you know yeah and you know therein lies another issue that anytime dr fauci says something clearly there's going to be an automatic response from people that don't believe anything that Dr. Fauci says now. And that's I've been saying all. for a while, I, I'm not sure that he's the best face for President Biden to put forward on vaccines and or anything that has to do with science because there are so many people that just feel like he's an absolute liar. And he has been <laughs> caught a couple of times. So, Well, that, see, that's the, the thing about, like, you know, Christmas when uh, a kid, you know, finds out the, the truth about Santa Claus and kind of looks at his parents for a second and says, and you've been lying to me all this time? Well, I wouldn't know anything about that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> As my two little girls could be listening right now. I, I didn't have a spoiler in there. Right. I, I don't think. Right. I just said the truth. Guys, it's cold outside. It's going to continue to be cold. Stand by. We'll have updates on your weather forecast at KBOI.com, and then we'll be back for another round tomorrow.